Star Wars 7x7 episode 3149. The Crossing is episode 9 from season 2 of The Bad Batch. It's funny because there was an episode entitled Entombed earlier in the season and they actually get entombed in this one as it turns out. But <laughs> alright, we'll just... Alright, I got that out of my system and <laughs> we'll do our breakdown of the episode today. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Boyvod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So we're going to do our breakdown of The Crossing with five takeaways today, starting with just an overall vibe for the episode. So the deal with it, and we are in spoiler territory of course, so there's your fair warning, is that the Batch are going to an unnamed planet, doesn't show up in the audio description or anywhere else at this moment to get something called Ipsium, which basically sounds a lot like coaxium in terms of how it works. In its raw state, it's very volatile, but when refined, it's very valuable. But we don't actually get to learn what Ipsium is used for. This is the very first time it's appeared in canon storytelling, so yeah, I think we've got a little bit to learn about it. And similarly to Entombed, in which they don't actually get entombed, but I'll <laughs> stop, I promise I'll stop. We get music that's very genre-like, right? In that episode, we got Indiana Jones-type music. This time, we get very Western music. And the title of the episode seems to refer, at least physically, to the journey that the Batch has to make when the Havoc Marauder is stolen for them to be able to find shelter and a way off the planet, but also emotionally crossing over the threshold of what the batch looks like now that Echo is gone. And from an overall story arc perspective for the season, this could be the point at which the Bad Batch crossed the line from continuing to work with Sid to being done with Sid. Now, we're about to do the second takeaway here, but before I do that, I'll mention that I am not one of the people who has seen the first 14 episodes of the Bad Batch, so I'm not working from some secret knowledge or anything like that. But the second takeaway has to do with something that we've seen building over the course of this season, which is that Sid is once again the source of the Bad Batch's misery. Tech has pointed out before that Sid seems to get into situations that require the Bad Batch to extricate her from this is a different kind of misery in that Sid has been apparently conned by someone who sold her this mine. It turns out that it's pretty much depleted and lucky for her, or it will be lucky for her eventually, the Batch finds another mine that has a lot more Ipsium in it. So that's great. But the fact that she sent them on this mission to get some Ipsium from a depleted mine and it results in them having the Havoc Marauders stolen from them and then when they finally get to the settlement that's been abandoned and get the long-range transmission array working Sid's first reaction to them saying hey we need help is well I didn't ask you to get your ship stolen so find your own way off the planet and it takes a combination of reminders about Duran from season one and Malegi from season two, whether it comes across as guilting Sid or saying you owe us, however it works for her. She's like, okay, fine, give me a few days and I'll get someone there. And they're like, we don't have rations for a few days and Sid is just gone. So yeah, Sid once again is a problem for the Bad Batch that 
I think they're at a point where they don't necessarily need it anymore if they decide they want to do something different. They can go with Rex, and Rex seems to be doing pretty well for himself, no matter what else is going on, right? Like, he seems to be reasonably well-fed and supplied, so that's what the Bad Batch needs for their lives, and they're already putting themselves at risk anyway. They might as well do it for something good and do it with people who aren't going to have, yeah, I didn't ask you to get your ship stolen as their first reaction when they need help. For a third thing, let's talk about the family dynamic, the new dynamic with the Bad Batch now that Echo is gone and they are four now instead of five. So one thing that jumped out was sort of the testiness from Omega in some cases and we find out of course that it's because she is having difficulty coping with the loss of Echo and then add to that the loss of the Havoc Marauder and her uncles for all intents and purposes just kind of going okay well yeah we gotta deal with taking care of our immediate physical needs now and not addressing the potential emotional impact of that situation on Omega. So one of the things that jumped out at me was the fact that we don't actually know how old Omega is, but we do know that she's been alive longer than the Bad Batch, but doesn't have the same level of maturity with the accelerated aging that the Bad Batch has and also all the experience out in the quote-unquote real galaxy that they've had. But she is roughly probably 11 to 12 years old for all intents and purposes. Boba Fett was born in 32 BBY, which would put him at around 13 years old at this time. And he had been codenamed Alpha. She, of course, is Omega, so it does suggest that she's probably a little bit younger than Boba is. So we're in a prime spot for preteen slash teenage testiness in addition to the difficulty of dealing with the loss of Echo who she sees as a family member and she expresses to the Batch that she doesn't just see them as a squad. She sees them all together as a family. She's lost a family member who's gone on his own path and she's lost her home for all intents and purposes, the Havoc Marauder is her home. Even if they have space to live on Ord Mantell, that is her connection to home as well. So this is a very traumatic series of incidents that Omega is going through. And interestingly in this episode, we've talked about this with previous episodes, how they keep switching up the dynamic in terms of who is paired with whom. We have Wrecker and Omega initially at the beginning of this episode, and then we have Tech and Omega. It's kind of interesting that we don't have Hunter and Omega because if anybody seems to be emotionally intelligent enough at the level or emotionally equipped at the level to be able to engage Omega directly about this situation, it would be Hunter, but he is not available. And when she tries to express herself to Wrecker, Wrecker's attitude is very simplistic. Like, ah, we'll get over it. And Tech's attitude is a different kind of feeling and processing of these events, but it's one that makes him emotionally unavailable to Omega in the way that she feels like she needs. And this all, just to give you a preview, is what we're going to be talking about in the deep dive tomorrow. And even though Omega's final attitude by the end of the episode and the circumstances in which they find themselves, like her reaction is very bad batchian. <laughs> Just that we'll find a solution and we'll soldier on and that'll be that and we'll detach ourselves emotionally from the situation. You have to imagine that the 
dynamic between Hunter and Tech and Wrecker, which also gets a little testy in this episode, has to lead to some conversation about what the future of the Bad Batch will look like, especially considering how Sid seems willing to have just left them behind on this nameless, deserted void of a planet. Which leads us into our fourth discussion point about where this season could wind up. Because they've pretty much laid the groundwork for everything at this point. We know that Echo's gone with Rex and, you know, thinking really far ahead, like a decade ahead, Echo is not with Rex when we see Rex again in Star Wars Rebels. And there's no reference to him in the series. So Echo either dies before we get to there or he goes off on some other situation with some other folks. So yeah, does that mean he gets back with the Bad Batch? Yeah, I suppose that's a possibility, especially if the Batch decides to join him and then they go off in their own direction from there, which then pulls them away from Sid because they certainly seem to be laying the groundwork for giving them as many reasons as possible to do that. Then, of course, there's the issue of Crosshair and I keep thinking of Star Wars Resistance and Tamrevora who defected to the First Order and then realized, oh, that was bad, and then defected back to the good guys. Crosshair has to get to a point where he decides the Empire is not for him. And certainly the Bad Batch want to welcome him back. They see him as their brother. But Crosshair has to look at what happened in the previous episodes, the fact that the... Senate is willing to decommission the clones and just you know, kick them to the curb. And it seems like they're not necessarily going to be very interested in providing them any kind of social safety net or anything like that. So Crosshair could certainly become a mercenary in his own right, and he'd probably be very successful at it. And he seems like he'd have more of that kind of attitude than necessarily deciding he fully wants to join the Bad Batch. So it seems like something more has to happen with Crosshair. Something has to push him further away from the Empire. But the way things are shaping up right now, it looks like the creators of the Bad Batch are positioning things such that Crosshair is going to start becoming disillusioned with what's going on with the Empire and the way that they treat his fellow clone brothers, even the ones who are the true believers, as you could call it. And for a last takeaway, if you are getting <laughs> Razorcrest Lost vibes from this episode, the next episode is called Retrieval. And yeah, I had a moment of wondering at the end of this episode where they were just going to be back on Ord Mantell and having to figure out how they were going to get a new ship. But you know, Retrieval suggests that we are going to continue the story that's happening right now, that it isn't just going to end on this planet and then move on to the next mission. It seems like we are actually in a continuation situation, so I am very intrigued about that, and I'd love to know if that's what you think about the episode as well. So chime in if you're watching on YouTube, comments are right there, and if you're catching an audio version, head over to the blog post at Seven, <laughs> at sw7x7.com and drop a comment there. And that's going to do it for our breakdown of The Crossing, which is episode 9 from season 2 of The Bad Batch, and that's going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it. As always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Now 
777 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited. Other respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.